Acts chapter 10. I'm... The first eight verses of Acts 10. Is the first side of a coin. Depicting a story of a man named Cornelius. Who gave much alms to the people. And his sacrifice and worship went up before the Lord. The Bible says as a sweet smelling savor. He was the first Gentile of the Italian band. God bless him. Who was brought into the covenant of Abraham. It's eight verses of profound meaning that opened the door and it it culminated in where you're standing right now. Very difficult for me to to describe how you arrived. But if you like to know where the open door came for all of us. The first eight verses of Acts chapter 10. And now this is the second part, the back half of that coin. On the morrow, as they went on their journey, because two men are coming to find Peter, they need a preacher. Everybody say, I need a preacher. Thank you for confessing that. That's actually in the word. Peter went up on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. And he became very hungry and would have eaten. But while people were fixing lunch, he fell into a trance. This is a vision. He saw heaven opened and a certain vessel descending unto him. As it had been a great sheet knit at the four corners. So, this is a, a picture of the cloth that would, that would be put over a banquet table. And on that or in that were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, fowls of the air. All the things that he saw, all the meat from all of the animals that he saw were off limits to the Jews. And he grew up as a Jew. And he had never eaten shrimp or catfish or pork belly ribs or sausage. or bacon or bacon wrapped in bacon shrimp wrapped in bacon asparagus wrapped in bacon pork chop wrapped in bacon filet mignon wrapped in bacon come on Texas Roadhouse you know I'm fasting there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord. This is a bad thing. Please don't tell the Lord no. Could I just admonish everybody? When the Lord tells you to do something, don't say, no, I'm not doing that. Food for thought. Now look at him. 
I have never eaten anything that's common or unclean. And the voice spake unto him again the second time. Here's the voice. What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. This was done three times and then the vision was gone. And I preach today the adaptation of Peter. And everybody said in Jesus' name. Amen. You should turn to your neighbor and be kind and friendly to them before I begin. Would you do that for a moment? Thank you. Don't. Thank you. Thank you. If it's okay, I will provoke you. I'm provoking you to clap your hands unto the Lord. Would you just clap your hands at the praise offering to your great God? Now would you just say the words, I worship you. I adore you. I praise you. Come on, just say the words out of your mouth. I love you, Savior. Oh, do your perfect work in my life, Lord, today. Thank you, Jesus. I begin by saying thank you to my dad, who was the fix-it man in our home. And he, uh, he was an engineer in his young years by trade and a mathematician and um, he could fix many, many things. This was probably an issue because he didn't always teach Scott and I how to repair some of the technical things. Later in life, I think he got tired of it and discovered duct tape. Um, but earlier on, he, I'm sure he did it the proper way. And then, of course, his garage has two or three electrical boxes, which he installed. He had to do that because of the plethora of Christmas lights, uh, a.k.a. Clark Griswold. And that does drain a lot of the energy in uh, Lincoln County. I say thank you also to Jack Edgers, who is by name and trade the jack of all trades, who fixes electrical problems in our home, can paint, restore, do plumbing, change brake pads, fix computers, um, pumps, and just about everything else, even showed us how to get a coffee stain out of the, out of the, um, out of the lampstand wood. Thank you, Brother Jack, for caring for us and keeping the house in order. He does not fold clothes, however, and this is a problem. We have a lot. The electrical box in our house is a small mystery to me. I Obviously, my interest is not piqued by the nondescript panel that 
blends in with the wall. Now, I have changed a lot of outlets, installed ceiling fans and household appliances, but I do confess today that my craft does not involve true electrical maintenance. I am aware, however, that a surge of electricity will flip the breaker. And that, of course, is the moment I journey downstairs and for a brief time I become the in-house electrician and to the applause of my family, I am the household savior. The breaker panel is color-coded to reveal when the breaker is disengaged. And my job is to push the button back into its position. And that movement, though it's simple, results in a definite reaction in that the electricity is back on. I would have you notice, however, that even though the power was off in my house, the electrical current was still alive outside of my house. It was just disconnected from me. The line was there, but it was severed from the source. The source of electricity was never in question. The source was still producing power. The workings of the connections inside the house were the problem. 44,000 people in New York and Manhattan lost electricity yesterday. 44,000, of course, it wasn't just 44,000. It was hotels. It was major convenience stores. It was restaurants and people had to exit the restaurant. People walking around the street because someone decided accidentally to sever a main power box. And so, though I'm not always certain about what has malfunctioned, and they are figuring out now. Of course, this happened decades to the day when all the lights went out in New York. To the day. when it's cut off we may not know what the malfunction is but the source is certain I'm looking at you now what's not so certain are the connections in the house I hope you're hearing now Jesus said and I quote all power is given unto me in heaven and earth. The source is always sure. There's never been a question about him. The question that pulls us into tension is my connection to him. It almost sounds trite to promote being plugged in, but there are few examples to which we can relate because the loss of connection almost always begins and ends on my side. He is willing. His word is true. His blood has already been given. But the connection is the issue. And from the onset, please know that we know that no one can manufacture spiritual power or godly anointing, not with intellect or talent or ability or human ingenuity. Some people try to replace the anointing with perception, but when that happens... True spiritual authority is always lost. Perception of a problem 
is not the same as taking dominion over the problem. Knowing is not the same. The demons that occupied the man in the Bible said to the seven sons of Sceva, We don't know you. We know Jesus. We know Paul, but we don't know you. I hope you can see this. We know the power, and we know people who are connected to the power, but we don't know you. You see? A disconnected man runs the risk of obscurity. If the devil doesn't know your name, you're probably not connected to the source. So while some people use programs and events to generate excitement, there is no deliverance of conversions. Colored background lights, I love it all. It's nice, they're good, just like air conditioning is good. But the place of deliverance is not set by the sounds, the sights, or the insight. Deliverance comes by the way of the one who holds the power in his hand, whose arm is not short and promises are not slack, who upholds all things by the word of his own power. Paul wrote of him like this, for by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or power, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist, and he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning the firstborn from the dead that in all things he might have preeminence say with me now only an active source and my connection to that source can spawn growth and revival and healing and power deliverance and understanding and authority i say today you must get connected i've been privileged for a few years to travel internationally my first time in Russia was 91. I'm always concerned about the necessary and differing adapters that each country demands. London's requirements are not the same as Russia or Paris. I know this full well. Tel Aviv hotels are different still. My electronics are the same, but the place that I'm using them are not. My computer, my cell phone, it's the same, but where I'm plugging in is not. Once again, power is present, but I cannot access it until and unless I adapt myself to the place. Power without the right adaption is the same as no power at all. Power without adaptation is like no power at all. Think now, an adapter is the reconstruction of my life. So I can receive what he has. This next one, of course, that I'm going to say is under dispute among the American postmodern self-centered Pentecostal. Ready? God does not reconstruct his divine immutable spirit to fit what is palatable to me. Yes, he's the all in all. Yes, he is the infinite power. But my job is to follow his spirit, not the other way around. It is the changing of what I think that is common that allows me to function in the Holy Ghost. The problem with the church today is a lot of people have idols, but because we don't have a statue, we don't think we have idols, and yet we do have idols. I know we don't think we have idols, but anything that we worship and anything that consumes us becomes the idol of our age. Think of it. Fascism makes an idol of one's authority. Socialism makes an idol out of the state. Capitalism makes an idol out of the free market. 
Humanism makes an idol out of reason and science. Individualism makes an idol out of our individual freedom. Traditionalism makes an idol out of family and tradition. And anything that you serve is what you worship. But hear me, the Lord is calling today. I, even I, am the Lord and beside me there is no Savior. The only thing you ought to be worshiping is the Lord. Don't adapt to this world, but you ought to adapt your life to the Holy Spirit. We've got to get connected. Yeah, 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 yeah. Our preconceived ideas creates paradigms. And they put measures on the flow of the Spirit. Turns it down a little bit at a time. It's not only limiting, but they also disconnect us from the revival of many people. God wants us to prosper and grow and be blessed more than we want to prosper, grow, and be blessed. But unless we are connected to him. I know that Peter catches a lot of flack from the theological community of the day. They don't understand. So you've got to know that Acts 10 is at least a full decade, maybe up to 14 years after Acts chapter 2. When the Holy Ghost was poured out. And to top it off, the Holy Ghost had never been given to a Gentile. It was thought to be a gift given to the Jewish people. There was already much debate over what happened in Samaria when Philip went there in Acts 8, but at least the Samaritans were half Jewish. (laughs) And when Peter went to rest on his housetop, And was given a vision. It was God's intent to pour out the spirit upon all the people. Here's the kick. Peter is the one who stood up in Acts chapter 2. And it was Peter who quoted the prophet Joel. And it was Peter who said and I quote. It shall come to pass in the last days saith God. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. But just because he knew the word. He still had preconceived ideas of how the word would be fulfilled. When When Peter quoted Joel, he didn't think that all flesh meant Gentiles. It's going to happen on everybody except you. The Jews consider the Gentiles dogs. Go see the response of the Lord himself to the Syrophoenician woman. It is not right to give the bread to the dogs. And she responded in kind, I know. But the dogs get the crumbs. She didn't deny The Gentiles had long since corrupted themselves for thousands of years with perversions, all manner of living, sexual debasement, clothing, spilling innocent blood, foods, ill-gotten gain. The list goes on. The Gentile was the anti-Jehovah culture that adopted the philosophies of the flesh. The Jews could not have been farther from the Gentile in all matter of conduct and conversation. And to Peter, they were nowhere near atonement. The sacrifice of Jesus was at least a decade old. The cross that stood on Golgotha's hill looked Jewish. But God was ready to change the world. God was ready to do a new thing. The prophetic word of Joel which was spoken 700 years prior to Pentecost, was about to unfold in its complete form. The Holy Spirit was committed, but Peter was confounded. And to that end, Peter said it, I have never eaten anything common or unclean. And in a single sentence, Peter showed that he was not adapted to the will of the Holy Spirit. I get it. Three and a half years of traveling with the Lord, 
hearing all the parables and the teachings, miracles of loaves and fish and blinded eyes and the lame and leprosy and resurrections and more, all given to the Jews, only to the Jews, a decade of ministry by the apostles, all to the Jews, the suffering and pain Peter went through at the hands of the Gentiles, being imprisoned, being scourged, beaten, left alone, all for the sake of preaching the gospel. And now the Gentiles want entrance. Jesus said that at the 11th hour, new servants would be called and would be given the same reward as those who were called in the morning. But the parable sounded nice until it became a reality to Peter. He had to adopt and to adapt. He had to adopt the will of God and adapt to the spirit of God. Hear this. The gospel didn't change. The doctrine was not altered for the sake of someone. But Peter had to adapt himself to revival outside of his personal purview. He's just like us. We can quote the scripture. But until we adapt to the spirit, we put a box around what Jesus wants to do and we trap him there. We say, no, Lord, that's not possible. Just as Peter rejected the vision and the food that God was presenting, what I think is out of bounds might actually be the open door to a world-changing ministry. I've got to get connected. You have got to get connected. Because as long as we can find God's power to our thoughts, we are limiting what he can do, what only he can do. I tell you that the Lord is powerful in ways that you have never seen him be powerful. But adaptation is difficult for us because we think that our way is right. I want the source, but I like him on my terms. And still yet, if there is no adaptation on our part, then power lays untapped and untouched. Potential is a sad commentary of a million dead and dying congregations. Think of Jacob that day. He's escaping. He ends up at a place he'll later call Bethel. There's a visitation of God. He lays down. He sees a vision of the Lord Coming down a ladder, angels ascending and descending. Jacob indicted himself on that day when he walked away and he said, The Lord was in this place. I didn't even know it. So much possibility but no awareness of God. That may very well be the epitaph of a thousand would-be worshipers. He's here and we are unaware. He's here and we won't adapt to him. His power is present. There's nothing wrong with the source. But we cut off the flow because we think that he has power. He has to move in our familiar format I ask you how is it that in the same church service some are feeling the move of the Holy Ghost and are healed while others are cold and numb how could it be that while addictions are falling from people and the Holy Spirit is being poured out someone else gets up and leaves and says I don't even feel a thing the difference was not in the presence of the Lord or his absence it was, it was not in the giver it was in the receptor Half could be on fire and the other half could be cold and indifferent. It all comes down to our connection to the source. I stand here today to tell you, you've got to adapt yourself to the moving of the Spirit. He's not going to, he's not going to come down to an unholy God. He will not be an unholy God just to connect with our unholy ways. He's still a holy God. I've got to change my life to get in connection with His holy power. Please consider me. 
as I preach the word, Jesus walked through crowds of people, crowds of people, hundreds, perhaps thousands of people, but only a few followed him. Same Jesus, same incarnate, incarnate God, same voice that echoed in the darkness when the water covered the face of the deep in Genesis 1, same I am, same healer, different response. Picture even one of those moments in time when everybody is there. and One woman is desperate to touch him. She feels the surge of power flow through her body. A woman with an incurable issue of blood reaches out and touches the hem of his garment. And in the end, Jesus said virtue flowed out of him. Same Jesus, different recognition. I tell you, you've got to get connected today. The disciples question. And their one question should have provoked a thousand revivals. They ask, Lord, many are thronging you. And why are you asking who touched me? Many people are touching you. But touching him and touching him are two different things. Touching him casually and reaching for him intentionally are two different things. It's the adaptation of my spirit. His power is still there. Anybody who reaches with desperation, you can touch him and something can flow from him. But until you adapt to him. Hear me. The question leads me to this thought. Loose Associations are powerless. The adaptation of self is the only thing that leads to his virtue flowing through my body. Hear me, I've been around too long. I've heard too many poor mouth Pentecostals to cry dry church services when I know for a fact that the Lord was present. But the people did not adapt to his visitation. Some thought of him but never sought for him. He was moving but they never changed themselves to feel for him. Some sought for him in the shout, but that night he came in a still, quiet voice. So they thought he wasn't there. They never adapted. He was moving in a sweet spirit. He was moving in subtlety and in quietness and calmness. And they got up and they said, well, it's not here. If a church is alive, it'd be exciting. Sometimes he whispers things to you that can change your life in a small, tender voice. But because we didn't adapt to that voice, we thought, he's not around, he's not here. No one's running the aisles, no one's shouting, no one's jumping up like, no one's, no one's doing it. No one's doing the kangaroo. Some sought for him in the shout, but he came quietly. And some thought he would come in the hymn. But when he came in fire and thunder, they thought it was just hype. So they walked away in disbelief. How could it be that while a person is receiving the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues, another person gets up and completely disenfranchised? It's not because the Lord wasn't present. It was because you were not connected. Look, people rarely see themselves as being unplugged or out of touch. An outlet can spark while another one is dead. And it's difficult to see. But I pray we've got to seek God. The operation of the body of Jesus Christ is in jeopardy when we are not adapted, connected, and yes, I'll say it again, plugged in. It wasn't until the Holy Ghost was falling on the whole house of Cornelius that Peter finally woke up and he said, Can any forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded all of them to be baptized that day in the name of Jesus. God! has never lost his power. 
The spirit is neither strong or weaker than it was yesterday. The spirit is neither greater or less than when it moved across the face of the deep in Genesis 1 or when it fell in the upper room and sounded like a mighty wind in Acts chapter 2. Can you hear what I'm preaching? The Holy Spirit is no different than it was poured out in the masses in Jerusalem and in Antioch. The source has been flowing since the inception of mankind, since the commencement of the foundations of the world. But when the power is not in full display in my life, it means that I am not connected to him and I've got to adapt and change myself to get to him. And for all of you Bible scholars, the covenant of Abraham, which was circumcision, and the new covenant, which is circumcision of the heart, are both an adaptation of the person toward God. It's me changing myself so that I can have a covenant with God. But if I don't change myself, he'll just be God over there, and I'll be my own individual over here. i got to change who I am to get to him. I say, get connected to the Lord. You've got to plug into God. You've got to adapt your life to the Lord. (laughs) This is a terrible place to stand. You've got a much better seat than I. I say, get connected to the church. Get connected to what's going on in your church. We're here. I'm here. Come get connected. Because disenfranchised people are always disenfranchised. When you're serving in the church, you feel connected. When you're not serving the church, you feel disconnected. If you've come from other, some other place, then know this. New life has a culture of serving, of involvement, of love, of work, of service and worship. Get connected. Even if that means that you have to adapt, then adapt. Because we're moving forward. We're always moving forward. Sometimes I'll get up and sing an old song that we were singing 10, 15 years ago. And to all the new people, it's a new song. I like some of the old songs. I miss some of those old songs. But the worship service is not for me. Some of the songs we sing repeat over and over, over and over, over and over, over and over. I got it the first time. Keep saying the same thing, same thing. Man, I got it the first time. Some of the new songs don't even rhyme. I'm struggling with those lyrics, don't even rhyme, but... A stanza didn't sound like C. B didn't come in with D. What's wrong with these songwriters? I'm going to buy them a thesaurus. Songs are not for me. I have to adapt all the time to what the Lord is doing. Sometimes I even feel like, well, I don't know if this is going a little long, but I'll adapt to the Holy Ghost because right at the time when I hold back and adapt myself, I see someone being baptized in the Holy Ghost. Hear me. I got to break it down at every level. We adapt to everything. We adapt to all kinds of things. The source is still the same, but we got to change our disposition to get in touch with the Holy Ghost because he wants to do something, but he's limited because I'm not plugged into the source. 
And people say, well, you know, the Lord's just not moving like he used to. That's not true. You're not plugged into what he wants to do. He's doing it in other places. He can do it right here in, our, in this place. If you say it's not my personality, I just don't do that. Change your personality so that you get in touch with the Holy Ghost. If all you can do is shout and the Lord wants to be silent, you be silent. If the Lord wants you to clap and shout, then you change your voice and shout out. Uh, I say get connected to the church I'd love for you to be involved in the church if you've ever sang in the choir get back in the choir if you've ever worked in the Sunday school department get back in the Sunday school department you're needed and you need it and God needs it and they need you if you've been out for a moment, then adapt to what we're doing right now. We're not doing the same thing we did 20 years ago. Can you believe it? 20 years ago. We're not doing the same thing we did 20 years ago. We're seeking for a massive revival of people because the Lord's coming back soon. We're seeking for all the up and outers and down and outers. We're, we're seeking for all the people who don't want God and everybody who does want God. We're seeking for the people on the north side, the south side, the east and the west. We'll take them from any place. We're, we're seeking for the people who are poor and the people who are rich because everybody needs God. Because at the end, there's an eternity and you can't take anything with you. We're singing for people who are denominational and people who are sinners. Everybody needs Jesus. Everybody needs the Holy Ghost. Everybody needs the name of the Lord. Come on, somebody shout out Jesus. you got to get connected to the source. He is the power. He has all the authority. You've got to adapt yourself to the authority. We're working with children in this house, with a lot of children. We're working with children that come to church and know how to act, and we're working with children who come to church and they don't know how to act. We're working with everybody. We're working with some children who say bad words and don't know how to respond in a decent way, but we love them and we're planting seeds inside of them. And the next revival that's going to hit our church might disturb you if you're not adapted and don't have an adaptation to what the Holy Ghost has to say. Some of you who have been serving God a long time, I thank God for what you have. You are called to be a pillar in the church to uphold righteousness and holiness so that people have an example to look to. But I just want you to know, the 11th hour revival is not going to look like you. They're not going to have time to adapt like you. You're going to have to adapt to the Holy Ghost and they're going to come in and they're going to need somebody that loves them. I hope you can understand what I'm saying. I'm believing for a powerful apostolic move of the Holy Spirit. I'm believing God can do something and change your life, but you've got to make a little adaption so that you can feel the power of the Holy Ghost. Time to get connected. It's time to get connected. It's time to talk about the Lord. It's time to talk about the things of God. I see this a thousand times over and I ask you to consider King Saul who was appointed as the first king of Israel. But when he disobeyed God, he became disconnected. He was positioned, but he was powerless. And eventually King Saul told David. David had him trapped. He could have done something to him, but... David withheld his hand and 
Saul said to David, I know that I'm at fault. I know that you're more righteous than I am. I know the Lord has left me. And yet even though King Saul knew it, he did not repent. He didn't change. He didn't adapt. And when you're disconnected, you end up angry at the whole thing. You'll say, church is just not the same. Some people get up and say, well, the house is broken. The house wasn't broken. You just didn't adapt. When in reality, the Holy Spirit was moving all along. See, when you're disconnected, when you serve no one, and prayer is regulated to what you say over your bowl of cereal, you'll end up leaving left out, feeling out of place. Members, hear me, members of New Life, when you see problems in the church but don't feel power, you you end up questioning the leadership. Something must be wrong with leadership. The last thing you'll do is ask, am I in line with the leader? Go check out Israel as they question Moses time and again. Even before they crossed the Red Sea, they saw an impossibility and they blamed Moses for their problem. They were distant witnesses of ten magnificent and terrible plagues. They were loaded down with the wealth of Egypt when they ran into the Red Sea and felt trapped in between an impassable water and the approaching Egyptian army. They blamed the path on the guide. They were so disconnected from the Lord and what he was doing, they did not remember what they had just saw or where they just came from. Watch it. Watch it. Peter is following suit. He's never eaten anything that belonged to the Gentile. He's a proud Jew, but he thinks that his lineage defines the gift of God. It doesn't. And I see too many Pentecostals saying the same things, Christians of all kinds. First, they fear when they're pinned in. They forget to remember the power of of God to deliver them. And secondly, they believe in error that God operates within the confines of their understanding. He does not. What you think he can do, I want to tell you, he can do that and everything you can't think of. Who you think he can save, he can save them, but he can save people you don't think they can be saved. He can do everything that this collective body, cumulative knowledge can put together. He can do all of that. And he can do a lot more. In fact, the more that he can do dwarfs the things that we know he can do. In fact, you put all the, all the, all the brain power in this place and just mash it all together. I'm going to tell you what, God can do so much more than that. You have never seen what God can do if you'll just adapt yourself. So we trap God and we trap the church by drawing a line around what makes us feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. I get it. <laughs> I would just say to you, you better get connected to the Spirit. Because right now, today, there is a group of apostolic believers that meet in the subsidiary subsidiary room at the United Nations having church. You may not know that, but there are born-again people working in the United Nations, baptized in Jesus' name, feel the Holy Ghost, speak in other tongues, and they work every day in the United Nations. I won't call it out, but one of the ambassador's wife was healed of cancer. Her and her entire staff that works in the United Nations, they're in there today worshiping God. What you don't know is all around the world, the Holy Ghost is being poured out in places you've never heard of or seen about. Listen, 
if there are saints in Caesar's household, there are saints in every place in the world. I wouldn't put it, I, I'm going to tell you, even in the White House, oh, you don't know all this stuff. But I was with the pastor in Racine, Wisconsin, who baptized in Jesus' name, Rince Priebus. And Rince Priebus was on the staff for a year and a half or so in the White House teaching everybody about Jesus' name baptism. I don't know how far he got, but I just want you to know the gospel is not limited to where you think it should go. It's going to every place. It's in Zimbabwe. It's in the Kremlin. It's in the street corner. It's in Germany. It's in South America. It's in Central America. It's everywhere. God can do anything. I say to you, get connected to the spirit and get connected to the church. Ah. Uh, I'll give you a couple connections. I won't exhaust the scripture. We'll be here too long. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves, repent, turn. What, is it, what does it mean? Adapt. Change. Redo. Alter your behavior. Reshape your thinking. Reverse your path. Then I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll open up my power to you. I'll heal your land. I'll restore your family. I'll bring things that were dead back to life. I'll give you years that the locusts have eaten. I'll give you things that you were hoping for all along. If you'll adapt to me, I'll give you my power. See, when we adapt to him, all we're doing is open up the flow that already existed. He didn't start it yesterday. The power, the source is still flowing. You just got to change yourself to get to him. If you say, well, this is just who I am, change who you are. I just have this bad attitude. Yeah, your bad attitude is limiting the power of the Holy Spirit. You ought to get connected to the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. Nothing can stop the fruit of the Spirit. There's no law or force that can stop it. So if you say to me, Pastor, this is just my disposition, adapt your disposition. I'd like to be healed, but I got doubt. Then pray the prayer. Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. I've got to change my thoughts because you are all powerful. I'm preaching a gospel that is not confined to culture. You're, you're worshiping in the church that is not limiting to culture. Whether they be Jew or Greek, whether they be bond or free, whether they be male or female, Paul said everybody, Joel said all flesh. I'm preaching to a congregation that believes us. I hope you believe it. It's for everybody. Healing is for everybody. Deliverance is for everybody. Here's this big cable. It's connected to the top of this church. You can feel the surge. Here's a surge. It's churning out this powerful electricity. It's powerful. It's so overwhelming. You couldn't handle it if you had all of it. You would not know what to do with it if it walked in here. It's a powerful surgery. It would blow out the lights. It would just, it would blow out the air. It's a huge surge. And sometimes we walk in and say, I don't know if I feel God. 
That service just wasn't for me. What are you talking about? The service is only a format to try to get us in the presence of the Lord. You ought to get connected, adapt a little bit. I don't care if it's Wednesday night or Sunday night or Sunday morning. I don't care if the preacher is a teacher or he's an evangelistic preacher. I don't care if he is gifted in the spirit, in the spirit world, or if he is just a stoic Bible doctrine preacher. You get adapted and the Holy Ghost will change your life. If you'll adapt to him, you'll feel things you've never felt before uh -huh. <laughs> I'd like to tell you that I'm almost done but I don't know if I am I probably should be done right now <laughs> but I'm feeling like we have yet to adapt yet listen you don't have to understand everything about the Lord just tell the Lord I'm open for everything you don't have to know everything about God. Just tell him, I want to know everything. Just don't think you know everything. Just don't think you have it all together. Who has it all together? Are we still trying to find the Lord? Are we still trying to find out who he is? And don't look across at a neighbor and say, well, you know what? They're not doing that, so I guess I don't have to. Wait a second. The Lord wants you to adapt. You. You might have to change something they don't have to change. You might have to give up something they don't have to give up. I'm not talking about levels of holiness. I'm talking about the rich young ruler who came to Jesus and said, Lord, what must I do to have eternal life? And the Lord said to the rich young ruler, sell all you have. But he didn't tell that to everybody. He just knew that your sacrifice is different from your sacrifice. And he just wanted the rich young ruler to adapt his life. Uh, I see it. Oh, I don't have to do that to be saved, really? Where'd you, where'd you hear that? You do anything and everything to be saved. Oh, oh. I hope you don't walk out of here and say, you know, that was pretty good. I almost got it. I believe with 99%. You're batting 80%. I like 75%. That's what King Agrippa said to Paul. Almost, you persuaded me. Almost. But I'm not going to adapt to you. I'm right there. I feel it. I, even Paul said, I know you believe it. But Agrippa wouldn't adapt to it. Uh -huh. So I say today, why don't you be healed? Isn't it time for you to be healed? I think it's time for you to be healed. I believe that you can be healed. I believe the things that haunt your memory can be washed away by the blood of the Lamb of Jesus Christ. Who knows that the blood still works? Come on, I'd like to have a hand. And it was... <clears throat> hey, we sing the blood has never lost its power. If you believe that, then what's the problem? The problem can't be with the blood. If the blood never lost its power, it means that I'm not adapted to it. The blood has never lost its power. 
Say it. The blood has never lost. Come on, do you believe it? The blood has never lost its power. The blood has never lost its power. Here's the Bible said, wherever two or three agree in my name, I'll be in the midst of ask anything in my name and it shall be done to thee. Ask and ye shall receive. Seek and ye shall knock. Knock and it shall be open. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be open up to you. For everyone that asks this receives. Everyone seeks shall find. Everyone who is knocking the door shall be open. Come on, adapt. It's time to adapt. You know what it's time for you to do? There's a few people in this house I want to tell you. It's time for you to be committed to coming to church every service. Well, you know what? We have to have some family time. I'll tell you, bring your family into this house. Cut out something else, but don't miss church. You adapt. You adapt. It's time for you to be committed to the house of God every time the doors are open. I'm going to do something tonight. I did it maybe 15 years ago. I'm going to do it tonight again. It's only the second time I've ever done it. I'm going to do something on the behalf of people tonight. I'm going to do something on somebody for someone here. I'm gonna, I'm, it's, a, it's the gift to the word. When you come, you'll get it. Because the Lord told me what I had to do. And I said, Lord, I did that 15 years ago. And he spoke to me. It's time to do it again. You don't know what it is until you get here. You might look online. I'm glad you're looking online. But it's not the same as being in this building. You need to adapt your schedule for the house of God. Because there's a little thing called evening sacrifice. You ought to adapt your life. In fact, you ought to adapt your finances. So that the first thing that comes out of your finances is your increase is your 10% increase. You ought to adapt your language so that you don't speak vile and dial and all kinds of stuff out of your mouth. You ought to adapt your time in your home so that the television doesn't preoccupy your Bible. And your media, oh my, and the media and your iPads and your tablets and your cell phones and your smartphones don't circumvent and trump every good thing that God has for you. You ought to adapt your lifestyle toward the world. I'm not trying to blend in the world. I'm trying to get out of the world. Okay. You better come and help me. I need a little organ. I need an organ that kind of gives me a, m- the mood. Come up, come up here, brother Lyle. Okay, just, I need a little organ. To, 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 it'll close me out. Whew. Oh, yeah. I, just, I don't even want to say. Just I'm here. Watch this. Watch. Watch. I'm going to wait for you. (laughs) It's what the prophet did when he had something to say. He called for the minstrel. Before he gave him the word to the kings, he called for the minstrel. He said, bring me a musician. I got to have a little bit. I'm adapting. (laughs) Now watch this. You're being told right now that you've got to adapt to worldly measures and sinful perversions. If you don't, it's called hate speech. You are the ones that are wrong if you don't adapt to the world. And the church is negotiating with the world 
when you ought to be shunning the world and adapting your way of living to the Lord. Listen, I, I, know, I know this is tough for some people, but I just want you to know, it ought not be tough for the apostolic, Pentecostal, born-again child of God. And I'm not talking about denominational. I'm talking about the people who believe in the apostolic doctrine that was delivered in the New Testament church and people who believe that on day of Pentecost the church was established. It ought not be hard for you, but sometimes we're so inundated with the world that we feel like we have to blend in just to get along. And the moment you blend in to get along, you cover your lamp, your light with a bushel. Not only should the devil know who you are, the world needs to know who you are too. I think it's time for you to change your entire schedule of every week, of every month, of every year. I think it's time for you to change everything you think and everything you say and where you go and what you don't do. I think it's time for you to get connected and plugged into the Holy Ghost and plugged into what the church is doing and plugged into the scripture and plugged into the spirit and get involved in the source and get involved in the Holy Ghost and get involved in prayer. It's time. It's not time for you to be a part-time Pentecostal. It's not time for you to be a cafeteria Christian. It's time for you to get in the church. I've heard it preached a long time ago. Here's what the preacher said. It's hard to live for God easy. It's hard to live for God easy. But it becomes a lot easier when you live for the Lord with all of your heart. It's a lot easier when you're all the way in and you're fully engaged and your mind is stayed on Jesus. It's a lot easier when you get in the church and you love it and you're serving. I'll tell you who loves the church. They are the people who clean the church. I'm going to tell you who loves the church. They are the people who clean the baptismal. I'm going to tell you who loves the church. It's the people who practice on Tuesday nights for choir and singing and the praise team. I'm going to tell you who loves the church. People who are preparing for Saturday so they can get here on Sunday. I'm going to tell you who loves the church. People who show up at 7, 30, 8 o'clock to get the buses warmed up and ready to go to pick up the children. I'll tell you who, I'll tell you who the strong ones are. The strong ones are the people who never miss because they have adapted their life. I'll tell you who the, who the weak ones are. Please turn your flash off. I'll tell you who the weak ones are. They're the people who never adapted to what the Lord was doing. And they're struggling with commitment. And when they struggle with commitment, no matter how long they've been around, they wonder if anybody loves them or anyone cares. I know we have a responsibility. I'm trying to do it. But I wonder how long it's going to be until you adapt to what the Holy Ghost is doing. Did you miss Father's Day evening, Sunday night p.m.? Did you miss those four outstanding young people who spoke to us? Did you miss that? I'm going to tell you right now. 
You can't miss another one of those. You can't miss that. You cannot miss that. You cannot miss. Did you miss three, three Wednesdays ago when the Holy Ghost broke out? We were 30 minutes into the Bible lesson. I looked over and saw two men slain and the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues laying on the floor interceding for somebody. Did you? You cannot miss that. You adapt everything you can to get to the house of God. You think I've got to change my life to get plugged into the Holy Ghost and to the church. Let me help you with your marriage. Let me help you with your marriage. You want to have a strong marriage? Adapt your life to the church. If you got to ground your children, don't ground them for Friday night youth. Don't ground them for Wednesday night youth. Don't ground them for their youth function. You ground them for everything else, but get them to the house of God. Adapt yourself to the house of God. I'm preaching about a source that's never lost its power. I'm preaching about a God who is immutable, omniscient, omnipotent, who has all the power. When he spoke the worlds out of nothing and stepped into the cosmos, he made with his own voice. He's still the source and the power. And we're just going to stand right now and clap our hands to the Lord. So I'm going to go back a little bit now. I'm going to go back a little bit now. Help me. I'm going to go back a little bit now because I want to say, if he did it before, he can do it again. Say it. If he did it before. Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm gonna praise his name. Say, look what the Lord has done. Hey, look what the Lord has done. He healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. I'm going to praise his name. He's every day the same. I said to my dad, when I get married, I ain't going to mess up the butter like you do. Get the tub, little swirl at the top. Take your knife to the outside, smooth top. Got me a little tub of butter, lived in Reynoldsburg, opened it up. 
had little biscuits. I was just about to do the smooth when Tammy took her fork. She didn't know. She lopped off the top of that swirl. And it was a big bother. I couldn't believe it. I thought all these years, my proclamations about how it was going to be in my house. And I got a wife that mutilates the butter. Mm -hmm. I had to adapt myself for the sake of my relationship until I figured out that it didn't matter anymore. You're talking about a relationship. He want to make you the bride. He's going to be the groom. It's time for you to adapt yourself to the wishes of the groom. Because the groom is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And the bride is trying to conform, conform herself to the disposition of the groom so be not conformed to this world but be ye renewed by the trans by the by the transforming of your mind what is that thou good and perfect and will of god be changed be changed i want you to pray right now we're going to sing i want you to pray for yourself that the lord would help change you to make you into the bride of jesus christ Lift up your hands right now, everybody in this house, and out of your mouth, just say, Lord, I want to be changed. I need to be changed. I need to be changed. I need to be changed. I want to conform to you, Lord. That's right. I want to conform to you, Lord. I want to conform to you, Lord. I know you've done it before, and I know you can do it again today, but you've got to change my life now, Lord. you got to change my walk here, Lord. Yes, 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 yes. I'm adapting to your Lord, your will, your way, your path, your holiness, your righteousness, your strength. Thank you for praying. Now we're going to pray. Lord, let your glory be seen in this house in the full measure of your power so that your power is limitless and that we have adapted ourselves to the Holy Ghost. I pray that everyone who is sick will be healed. I pray for everyone who is bound to be set free. You got some new food for you now. Don't tell him no. He's about to open up a door for somebody in this house. You're going to accept the door, you're going to walk through the door. Don't tell him no. He's going to do something in your life. Just conform yourself to what the Holy Ghost. Listen, if you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost and spoke with other tongues, this is a brand new door for you. You can receive it. This is not a denominational concept. This is a Bible. This is in the Bible. He said he'd pour out his spirit upon all flesh. People in the Bible, Acts 2, Acts 8, Acts 10, Acts 19, they spoke with other tongues as the spirit gave the utterance. This is what was prophesied in Isaiah Isaiah wrote hundreds of years before that God with stammering lips and another tongue would speak through his people. 
That's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. When you receive it, you'll speak with other tongues as a spirit. If you've never experienced that, it's the most wonderful thing. If you'll adapt yourself to the, what the Lord wants to do, you can be filled with the baptism of the Holy Spirit even right here. Here's your adaptation. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Begin to praise him. Begin to tell him, hallelujah. That's the highest praise. I praise you, God. Hallelujah. I worship you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Come on. Adapt. Adapt yourself to be healed today. If you're sick in your body, begin to thank him for the healing. I'm adapting myself, Lord. I don't have to beg you because you're with your stripes. I am healed.